This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. We're going to have a great time today because today we're going to see who were the Magi that showed up with all those treasures when they came to worship Jesus. That's why we have Magi on the screen behind me. But we're offering you my new series, which is called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Amazing insights about Christmas you've never heard before, and it comes with a great study guide. And we're offering you my book by the same title. Today at the end of the program, my announcer is going to tell you how you can get all of these. But hey, if you need prayer, please reach out to us. We're waiting for our telephone to ring right now or for your email to show up in our inbox so we can release our faith for Jesus to do something spectacular for you, and he really will. But right now, I want you to watch this, and then I'll be right back. Think you know the Christmas story? A babe in a manger, three wise men, and a few lowly shepherds. But did you know that's just part of the story? In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you've never heard. Like how many wise men there could have been, how far they would have traveled, and why Herod was troubled at the news of the birth of a new king. When I was growing up, I heard the same Christmas story year after year, and I loved it. But when I got older, I found treasures in the Christmas story that no one had shared with me. That's what is in this book, and I wrote it to share with you and for you to share with those whom you love. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the timeless story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this landmark Christmas keepsake. Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, the rest of the story, invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across the stunning hand-drawn pages. Bound in a hardcover, large-format book, you'll create a family tradition that will last for generations. Great as a gift or for enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book today, Christmas, the rest of the story, for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Welcome back to the program, my friend. Today, we're finally going to talk about the Magi that showed up in the city of Jerusalem. And when they appeared, it really caused a ruckus in the city. And the story begins in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. So let's read it. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. I want you to notice that little word, behold, because it is a Greek word which carries the idea of shock, amazement, bewilderment. They were literally at a loss of words, and they were at a loss of words because these were magi, magi. Now, the King James Version says wise men. That's a really unfortunate translation because the Greek says magoi. It is really the word magi. Well, who were Magi. Well, because of the writings of Herodotus, who was a Greek historian, we know they were a special caste of sacred leaders for the Medes that provided priests for Persia. But after the downfall of Assyria and Babylon, we know that in various regions, 
this group of magi continued all the way until the period when Jesus was born. And contrary to what religious traditions tell us about the wise men or the magi, they were not kings. There is no record anywhere that they were kings. They were powerful and they were influential and they were political, but they weren't kings. However, Tertullian wrote, they were well nigh kings in many respects. And in fact, listen to this. Magi were an elite, powerful, fabulous, wealthy group of high-ranking priests who were devoted to interpreting dreams and who gained an international reputation for being experts at studying the constellations, which was regarded as a science at that time. A combination of scientists, politicians, religious leaders, they were staggeringly wealthy and they possessed so much might and political clout that if they choose to do so, and if they as a group agreed to do it, they had the ability to depose a king with a single word, and with a single word they could install a new king of their preference in the place of the one they deposed. And for this reason, they were viewed as kingmakers in the eastern lands, and without their endorsement, it would have been difficult for anyone to become or to remain a king. And in fact, magi were so powerful, we do not have the equivalent of Magi in the world today. But once there was a rendezvous between Magi and the Emperor Nero. There was a particular emperor who wanted to come to Rome to pay homage to Nero, and coming with him were Magi. Well, Nero was glad that that king was coming to pay homage to him, but when he heard that he was being accompanied by Magi, it terrified Nero. Nero wondered why are Magi coming? He understood Magi could create a lot of problems for his reign and for Rome. So he rolled out the red carpet. He entertained them the entire time they were there. And when the Magi left, he gave them fabulous, fabulous gifts beyond our imagination in terms of value. And when they departed, he threw a party in the city of Rome because nothing happened while the Magi were there. He understood Magi had the power to really create a problem for him. That is amazing. Now, Magi are approaching the city of Jerusalem. And in the same way that Nero responded to the Magi, now Herod knows he needs to treat them very well. And he has never forgotten that earlier in the year 39, Magi once supported a coup to depose him. He knew that. And not only that, Magi did not come on three little lonely camels by themselves. They were accompanied by a massive caravan and an army. They had a Magi army. I'm going to be telling you about that in tomorrow's program. But when they showed up, they were seeking the one who had been born king of the Jews. Ah, now, Herod has another person he's got to take down so he can maintain his throne. And he must have thought, why are these magi here? Why have they shown up? What are these guys doing here? He knew they were kingmakers. He knew with a single word they could depose a king and install another king. They were so powerful again that in our world today, we do not have an equivalent for magi. This elite group held the reins of financial, religious, scientific, and political power, and no king wanted to tangle with Magi. But the biblical connection with Magi begins with the prophet Daniel. God promoted Daniel 
from one king to another king to another king. And during the time that Daniel served as an official leader, he served Babylonian, Mede, and Persian kings, including Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus. It's really an example of how God can use a man even to serve ungodly people. Think about it. The Word of God and the presence of God was in all of those administrations because Daniel knew his assignment and he stuck with it. But scholars believe that eventually Daniel became the head of the Magi. And as the head of the Magi, every word that Daniel uttered was considered to be sacred. And Daniel uttered and wrote a lot of prophecies about the future, including the Messiah. And he prophesied that a day would come when a great world leader would be born in Israel, the king of the Jews. He prophesied it, and the Magi held on to Daniel's prophecies for generations even after he died. And due to his influence, long after Daniel was gone, they believed, and they were waiting for the world leader to be born that Daniel had prophesied about. They were holding on to the belief that really one day a world leader would appear. But it's very important to note that also in the years leading up to the time of Jesus' birth, there was a widespread belief in the entire Roman Empire that a new golden age was about to begin and a world leader unlike any leader ever born was about to be born and even pagan writers wrote about it. There was just a feeling in the spirit realm that some significant leader was about to be born. Even pagans knew that a deliverer and the greatest world leader to ever be born was about to be born. And Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 tells us the Magi came from the east and the Greek literally says from the place of the rising of the sun. And in ancient history, this could refer to ancient media, Persia, Assyria, or Babylon. All of these regions had magi like the ones that we are discussing. But ancient commentators give various opinions about where the magi came from. For example, St. Maximus and Theodotus suggest the magi came from Babylon. Clement of Alexandria and Cyril of Alexandria suggest the magi came from Persia. Justin, Tertullian, and Epiphanius suggest the magi came from Arabia. Each of these locations would have required that the Magi traveled through the Syrian desert to Damascus, then southward along the Sea of Galilee until finally they reached Jerusalem. And from each of these locations, it would have meant they traveled 1,000 to 1,200 miles. And to travel such a distance with a massive caravan would have required at least 3 to 12 months. Wow. But these were magi, and they were magi from the east. And in the east, people understood that you were to treat great people greatly. They would have never shown up empty-handed, so they needed time to prepare gifts. Because of time spent preparing and fashioning an extensive catalog of fabulous, outstanding, magnificent gifts for this newly born world leader, and combined with the journey itself, we know that the Magi arrived in Jerusalem nearly two full years after the birth of Christ, which means when the Magi finally appeared, Jesus was no longer a babe. He was a toddler. They were looking for a toddler king. Now, another question that arises is, how many Magi were there? And this is a very interesting question because the Bible does not tell us 
how many magi there were. Some early sources suggest that there were three, but this is probably based on conjecture because of the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And if you've seen this picture of three little lonely kings, each one of them carrying a small box, one with gold, one with frankincense, one with myrrh. First of all, the picture is wrong because they didn't show up with three little gifts. It was an enormous inventory of gifts that they came with. But based on the fact of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, some have said, well, maybe there was one magi per gift of these three gifts. But there were other early sources which said there were 12 or more magi. Another interesting question is, what were the names of the Magi? Nobody really knows, but one early 7th century document suggests that the three Magi were named Gaspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. And early frescoes actually show Caspar as the oldest of the three, possibly about 60 years of age, European-looking, with a white beard and the one who gave a gift of gold. Melchior is shown as a middle-aged man of about 40 years of age, Persian-looking, and the Magi who gave a gift of frankincense. Balthazar is shown as a young man of about 20 years of age, Ethiopian-looking, and the one who gave a gift of myrrh. And of course, these are very interesting traditions, but they are impossible to verify. And the truth is, we don't know how many Magi really showed up. But how did Magi travel in the ancient world? We do know the answer to that. When I was growing up, we sang a song called, We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts, we travel afar. And in our minds, we could see these three lonely Magi traveling on three lonely camels across the desert on the way to Israel to find the Christ child. But my friends, these were powerful individuals. And for three Magi to travel alone would be as ridiculous as imagining that the president of a great nation would ride a bicycle across the country by himself. It just was not going to happen. These were powerful individuals and they needed protection because they were powerful. Not only that, they were bringing a vast inventory of treasures that need to be protected and to make the long, long journey to the Christ child, it would have required tents, a workforce to assemble them, to disassemble them as they traveled. And while en route to Jerusalem, their caravan would have passed through cities and villages that could have included people who were not too friendly. And Magi rarely traveled from home at all, but when they did, they usually traveled in large caravans with servants, with bodyguards and with an army. I'm going to tell you more about their army tomorrow. But listen to this. If there were three magi, then there would have been several hundred servants, soldiers, and bodyguards to accompany them and the cargo that was filled with treasures. If there were 12 magi, there could have been a thousand or more servants and soldiers and highly trained bodyguards to protect the Magi and to assure the safety of the vast and colossal treasures that Magi were known to give as gifts to nobles, to politicians, and to foreign kings. Magi traveled in massive and luxurious caravans, and they were often transported in sumptuous coaches carried on long poles by servants, and the coaches were draped with lavishly, richly decorated, luxuriant materials that draped the sides of the coaches to protect them from the weather, wind, or sun. Magi were regal, impressive, 
the upper crust in the eastern lands, and they were treated lavishly. And while traveling long distances, they may have dressed less formally. But before entering the city of Jerusalem, where star-struck people would have filled the streets to see them, the Magi would have exchanged their traveling clothes into presentation clothes made of exotic materials indicative of eastern lands with intricate weaves and that were adorned with jewels that were intended to exhibit their power and their wealth. That's just a little insight about Magi. But when they entered the city of Jerusalem, they said something that was simply shocking. They entered the city of Jerusalem saying, where is he born king of the Jews? And when you read this in the Greek text, it means they were saying and saying and saying. They were asking and asking and asking, where is he born king of the Jews? So as they rode through the streets of Jerusalem with people filling the streets all around them, they could be heard saying to the crowd, can anybody please direct us to where the new king has been born? Does anybody know where the new king has been born? They were all hearing them say, where is he born king of the Jews? And in Matthew chapter two, verse two, it says, for we have seen his star in the east. Well, Magi were experts at studying the constellations. And because of Daniel's prophecies that a world leader would be born in the future, they believed that when this particular sign appeared in the heavens, it was the sign they had been waiting for that announced that this world leader had been born. The star has been talked about in songs and stories for 2,000 years, but the German scientist, mathematician, and natural philosopher Kepler proposed that the Magi actually saw an alignment of Jupiter and Saturn, and such an alignment did occur in 7 BC that would have produced a powerful sign in the sky. Well, what is really interesting is there was also an alignment of Jupiter and the moon and Saturn aligned in the constellation of Aries, while Venus and Mars were in neighboring constellations, which was recorded about that time, which would have created a dazzling and magnificent sight in the heavens. And Jupiter's display was of great significance because Jupiter was associated with royalty, and this alignment would have been perceived as an announcement of the long-anticipated world leader. Some have suggested that the star was a comet, but there's no record of a comet at that time. Some have suggested the Magi saw a stella nova, which is a star which increases and decreases in magnitude over time. Some have suggested that they saw a supernova, but they could have never seen a supernova, not even with the assistance of a telescope. And to be honest, all of these really fail because Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 says the star went before them, it led them, it guided them. A star naturally would not do that until it came and stood over the place where the young child was. So it seems only a miraculous answer can tell us what was the star. We don't know what it was, but it was a divine sign and they knew it was a divine sign that announced the great world leader had finally been born. And when they came into Jerusalem, they said, where is he born? King of the Jews. The word king in Greek is capitalized, which lets us know they were looking for the greatest king to ever be born. And the Bible says that they announced they had seen his star in the east. And the word seen is a Greek word, which literally means 
to delightfully view. They were thrilled when they saw the star. They knew it was the announcement. It means to scrutinizingly look at, to behold with the intent to examine. It means they studied it before they made a final conclusion. These were magi, and they were experts at studying the constellations overhead. So they didn't immediately, quickly move when they saw it. They studied it. They examined it. And when they came to their final conclusion, they delightfully viewed it. They knew what it meant. The world leader that Daniel had prophesied about had finally been born. So immediately they began the task of gathering gifts which they would carry to give to this newborn king. But Herod was thrown into a tailspin by the arrival of the Magi and the announcement that the king of the Jews had been born. And that is why we read in Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Oh, he was just in a state of panic. Another king has been born. Another Messiah. Remember, his entire reign, he manipulated he fought, he killed, he did everything he could to hold on to the reins of his power and his throne. And now another king has supposedly been born, another so-called Messiah. And this time it's Magi announcing it. It's not just rumors on the street. It's Magi who with one word can depose a king and install a new king. Magi who were considered to be the greatest spiritual leaders in the world at that time. We don't even have an equivalent to Magi. And now they show up, not three little lonely kings. We don't know how many there were. Perhaps there were several of them, many of them. They come with bodyguards, servants, an entire army, and treasures and treasures and treasures. And now Herod has to figure out what to do with these magi. So what was Herod going to do with the arrival of these eastern magi? That's what we're going to see in the next program. And you're simply going to be stunned when I tell you tomorrow what kind of army these magi were traveling with. And when you understand that, you'll understand another reason why Herod was so afraid when they showed up. He never forgot that earlier moment in the year 39 when magi already tried once to depose him. And here they are again coming with the biggest army of all. But all of that is what we're going to cover tomorrow. But I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Do you really know the story of Christmas? Is there more to the story about the birth of our Savior than what you've been told? In this series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick Renner dives deep into the parts of the Christmas story that most people have never heard. Rick says, I've studied this story for decades, and I found fabulous treasures no one ever shared with me. In this series, we explore the Bible, history, historical writings, and so much more, so we can really understand all the events that took place surrounding the birth of Jesus. Rick answers questions like, why did God choose Mary? Was Joseph really a carpenter? Why was Herod so troubled by Jesus's birth? Who were the Magi? And what was the estimated value of their gifts? This 15-part documentary type series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $24. And, and we're excited to also offer you Rick's stunning new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, for a special new release price of $35. It's a book you'll want to share with friends and family at this time of the year. 
This hardcover, 300-page, fully illustrated book is a keepsake that friends and family will pass on to future generations. Don't miss this special offer, the series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, and the beautiful book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner, and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many, and we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building. And now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. Think about that. You don't even have to get out of your chair. Just go online or make a phone call and bam, by becoming a part of the giving team, you can do something that reaches beyond your world into somebody else's life to really make a difference. That is powerful. And according to the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus promises that if we'll go, or if we'll do what we can do to help others go with the Word of God, His power will show up in our lives. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Well, how have you enjoyed today's program? Did you learn something new? I always pray that you'll get something new from the Word of God. And today we answered the question, who were the Magi. Tomorrow, the entire program is going to be devoted to the question, why was Herod so troubled? Don't miss tomorrow's program. But I'm offering you the brand new series, which is called Christmas, the rest of the story. Amazing insights about Christmas you've never heard. My friends, I really want you to fall in love with every detail of this amazing story. That's why I'm teaching it. And we offer this series with a study guide. And we're also offering you my brand new book that I really want you to order. Please order it. Order a couple because you're going to want to share it with somebody else. Christmas, the rest of the story. It is just beautifully illustrated and filled with information, vivid details, revelation. When you read this book, you're going to say, ay, 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 why did I not know that? How come no one's ever told me that? It is truly a story that only God himself could have written and arranged. It is just amazing. So I want you to order this and you can order all these things by going online or by giving us a call. And please remember to reach out to us with your prayer needs 
because we're here to pray for you. We are your prayer partner. And if you'll reach out to us, we will really release our faith for Jesus to do something magnificent in your life. But I want to pray for you. Please put your hand on your heart as I pray. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Oh, Lord, it is so wonderful. Thank you for the treasures hidden in every single page of the Bible. And Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes that we could see wondrous things in the Word of God. Be with us every day this week as we study. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. It's going to be good. But remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.